the teenage mind, mostly described as a maze of hormones, emotions, and notions that both a child and a 20-something-year-old adult could never understand. It is a time in our lives that is unrivaled by any other chapter, for reasons both good and bad. The psyche of this age group is as fascinating as it is perplexing, and it is our jobs to dissect this as best as we can. We are glad that you have chosen to join us today on our journey into the teenage mind. You're listening to the Back in History Class podcast. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the very first episode of our podcast titled Journey into the Teenage Mind. Before we get into specifics on how this series will go down, let's take some time to introduce the team. I'll go first. My name is Dylan Crow, and I'll be the main voice of the podcast. I'll start and and conclude basically every episode and do most of the talking. What's up, guys? I'm Cameron, but most people just call me Herd. I guess you could call me the supporting voice of the podcast. I'll be the person involved in most of the conversations that Dylan has, Now I'm going to pass it to Zane. Hey guys, I'm Zane, and I'll be the main scriptwriter for the podcast. Uh, to keep us on track during recording, a script is a very important piece. Now to Ethan. Hey guys, I'm Ethan. Uh, I conduct most of the interviews, analyze them, and search f- for the needed results for our podcast. Here's Lacey. I'm Lacey, and my job for this podcast is to research and find evidence to support the claims we make. Our argument or experiment means nothing if we don't have statistics and scientific facts to back it up, and that's what I'm here for. What's up, guys? I'm Dalton. I guess I saved the best moment for last. What I do for the Psychology Podcast is edit clips we create, because without that, it would just be a mess of audio. All the fancy conversations that Ethan creates doesn't mean anything without any organized final project. Now I'm going to throw it back to Dylan. That's right. Putting out a complete and professional final product is very important to us, and we will strive to give our listeners the best piece possible on a weekly basis, releasing it every Friday. We all feel like a certain connection and passion for this topic. Like It's not just a project. It's something we're very passionate about, something we want to do. As we all are teenagers, and the teen mind intrigues us more than anyone. And if we could shed some light on this subject in any way, that's what we intend to do. This week, we are introducing our first experiment to our podcast. It has to do with sports teams association. To be more specific, the different words a person uses to dissociate with their team when they win or whether they lose. I think the word we will go a long way when it comes to a good performance. Like, I've called myself a couple times because I'm a fan of the Panthers. I'll say we at the end of the game, you know, because I think we won and I like to be associated with a team that wins. But if they lose, I've called myself saying they because I don't like to be a part of a team that loses, so it's kind of not fun to be a part of that. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, I do that a lot, too, with my sports teams like the Lakers or Duke for the most part. But to test our theory, Zane and Ethan have interviewed multiple students from around South, our school here, asking them two main questions. Who are their favorite sports teams and how they have performed recently? Good morning, everybody. I'm here with Scott Stevens, and I'm Ethan Noblin. How are you doing, Scott? Good. You're doing good? All right, that's awesome. So Scott here is a football and track athlete here at South Rowan. But uh, I'm going to ask you a couple questions about college football today. Did you watch the college football national championship? I did. What team were you rooting for that day? Um, Alabama. Well, how'd they do? We didn't do too good. We didn't show up. <laughs> okay, okay. That's interesting. Um, that's pretty big, actually. See, what I was looking for, most people normally do, is they either credit the loss to the team or they take ownership for the win by saying we or they. 
whenever a team wins, normally everyone's like, yeah, we won. Normally when they lose, they say they, although you said we, although the team didn't show up. So, you know, that shows a lot about you. Thanks for coming in, man. I appreciate it. No problem. Uh, good morning, everybody. I'm here with Luke Kiske, and I'm Ethan Noblet. How are you doing today, Luke? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm not bad. So you're a uh, athlete here at South Ryan. What do you play? Baseball and football. All right, all right. Well, I'm going to ask you a couple of questions about football here. Uh, what's your preferred team? Kansas City Chiefs. And how would you consider their uh, performance this year? They did pretty good, but they fell short at the end. Right, they didn't make it quite all the way? Correct. Well, did you watch the Super Bowl? Yeah. Uh, what team were you supporting then? You know, I really didn't care. I right, just kind of watched your team didn't make it. All right, well, um, I was looking for a specific thing, and you did exactly what I wanted you to do. Did you notice that whenever I asked how they did, you said they rather than we because they lost? See, most people don't realize when they do it, whenever a team wins, they normally say, we won, we did great. But whenever they lose, it's all they. Do you have any idea why? I mean, we're just asking. Uh, no, I never, never thought about it. Right, nobody ever thinks about it. But hey, man, I appreciate you coming in. And I think, thank you for talking to me. Have a good day. You too. Uh, good morning, guys. I'm here with Jordan Eagle, and I'm Ethan Noblet. How are you doing, Jordan? I'm doing good. You? I'm doing all right. So you're a football player here at South Warren, mm -hmm. yeah? Mm -hmm. All right. Well, what's your favorite football team since we're here? The Pats, New England. You like the Patriots? Oh, yeah. All right, all right. So they went all the way. They went mm -hmm. to the Super Bowl. What What happened this year? What's going on? How do you feel? I'm feeling good. Uh, this past season was a bit rough for us, start of the season, but we came through. All right. Hey, dude, that's, that's awesome. So what I was really looking for which you did perfectly, was we and us. So you took ownership of the team because you won, right? Uh -huh. Most people, whenever they lose, they say they. Most people, uh -huh. whenever they win, they say we. Do you know why people do that? I really don't know. I, my guess would be because maybe they're ashamed of their loss, maybe, and they don't want to be a part of that team. Right, you don't associate with the loss. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, man, hey, that's a good input. Thank you. I appreciate it. Uh -huh. Thank you for coming in and talking to me. No problem. In the interviews with the students that were proud of a team, like, for example, Jordan was a fan of the Patriots, he used the term we, and, you know, and that's known of a phenomenon called basking in reflected glory, which is kind of like when you're a fan of something and you feel like you're a part of it, but you're not. But you're going to be associated with it because you feel like it's kind of a win <laughs> like in your own mental, I guess. I don't really know how else to put it in perspective. But when your team's doing bad, it's it's called corging, and that's when it's like it's the opposite it's of everything we just talked about. So, I mean, <clears throat> like I said, a bunch of people do it. I mean, I've caught myself multiple times, like I said before, but I thought it was pretty interesting how watching these kids do that and catching them, but then knowing I do it myself. So I thought it was pretty interesting to know. So Yeah. I like how you explain it, Cameron, but corfing is an important element to all this, too. See, in the interviews, we asked a few questions, and when they responded to a team losing, they used terms like they rather than we, and is often used to protect someone's self-esteem because you don't want to be like, whenever your team's losing, you don't want to be associated with that. It's known as a cutoff reflected failure, which is generally explained by the term bandwagoning, which a lot of people are. This describes the sports fans who moves with the winning team rather than remaining loyal to a team that they originally supported that may or may not be doing that great. 
the last thing they would might want to wear is a shirt of a losing team. Yeah, I I totally agree with that. But Burging and Corving have been like a thing since losing and winning has been possible. And I mean, it's like I said, it's not only kids today. I see adults doing it. I see teenagers doing it. I see little kids doing it. I mean, it's all over the place. I mean, it's it's just like a normal thing. You can't really help it. It's it's like a reaction you have. But these phenomena create issues in people's personalities that can lead to toxic behavior, bad work ethics, poor self-esteem, and so many other issues. That's the problem. Right, right. And this is something we do, we all do, and more than we think. Like we do it on a normal day-to-day basis, and we don't even realize we do it. Mm-hmm. Just a normal instinct to not associate with bad things. Like LeBron James, for instance. He is a well-known basketball player that has been playing in the NBA for 15 seasons now, and he does it all the time. Although he is physically successful, he still shows some personality traits that most people have, especially in relation to the sports such as corfing or burging. Oftentimes when his team loses, James will blame them in the interviews, saying things like, the Lakers, Lakers need to go depressed rather than we need to go depressed. He always has to shift the blame not to himself but to other people. Yeah, I really like that example because, I mean, it shows <clears throat> it shows that not only do the fans do it, but the players do it too. And I think that's not very good. But, I mean, I really like that example because it shows that it's an issue that everyone has and not just, you know, a couple people. And it can affect anybody. I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, especially that he's a high-level basketball player that is highly respected by most people and is considered to be one of the greatest of all times. It shows that how many people actually do this including basketball players that are one of the greatest. Yeah. Well, I think it's a great example. Well, you heard of you, well, you heard it. Corfing, burging and all the ways that it can affect the personality. Thank you guys for tuning in. Remember to subscribe to our YouTube and follow our Instagram, Snapchat and Twitter and catch us next Friday for the next episode of Back in History Class.